Hey everybody, we are here. Thank you for joining us today, New Hope Radio, the Hope Club Podcast. We are ready to go. I hope you're ready to go too. We got a good topic today. Very fitting for the season. We're going to talk about the freedoms, actually the three freedoms that we have in Christ. You know, this time of year, Americans kind of rethink, I, I, I hope anyway, rethink the freedoms that we have here in this country. Uh, over 200 years ago, we fought against the English across the pond for our freedom. And the freedoms that we enjoy here in this nation, they're enjoyed by people in all other nations all over the world. That's why everybody wants to come here, because of freedom. It's our freedom that makes us such a great nation. But we know these days our freedom seems to be diminishing, doesn't it? I say that's a sign of the end times. The diminishing of our freedoms is a sign of the end times. Because if you read through the book of Revelation, especially when we get to the period of the Great Tribulation, there's going to be loss of freedom. Oh yeah, big time. So what we have now, we need to enjoy it, protect it, because we're not going to have it in the future. Okay? So, as wonderful as our freedoms are living here in America, I want to talk about an even greater freedom. The freedom that is come offered to us by God himself. And they come through Christ. And we'll see three freedoms that we can enjoy in Jesus Christ. Freedom number one, we have freedom from judgment. Number two, we have freedom from the power of sin. And number three, we have freedom to serve God. Now, of course, we're talking about Christian freedom. For those that are far from God, they don't have these blessings. But you can fix it. Oh, yeah. You can come near to God. Express faith in Christ as your Savior. And these freedoms can be yours. So we're talking about the Christian way of life today. Let's take a look. Number one, freedom from judgment. And by the way, this is because of Christ's sacrifice. This is because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And now we have these freedoms that we enjoy. Number one, freedom from judgment. Someone may ask, why do I need to be free from judgment? And what is this judgment? Good question. The Bible answers it, Hebrews 9.27. Inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, there it is, there's no reincarnation. There's no coming back. I wish I had a second chance, let me tell you. Oh yeah, the saying is true. I wish I knew then what I know now. But that, that ain't the way it is, okay? So, And as much as it is appointed for men to die once, after this comes the judgment. The word judgment is the word krisis, and it could be a judgment for or against. 
Okay? So there will be people, the judgment will be for them, and then there'll be others, the judgment will be against them. Okay? And those that are with God, the judgment is for you. Those that are without God, the judgment is against you. So, but it's it's going to be a judgment for every person. Even Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes 3.17. He said, God will judge both the righteous man and the wicked man for a time for every matter and for every deed there is. Wow. So everybody's going to be judged either for or against. It's appointed for men to die once, and then comes the judgment. Secondly, this judgment is inescapable. Oh, yeah, no one's getting away. Nobody. Romans 2.16 says, On the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. You know God is a mind reader? Oh, yeah, there's no secrets from God. He knows it all. He can look into the deep recesses of the heart. We can't, but God can. And thirdly, what's the time of this judgment? Well, it's unknown. But Jesus said in Mark thirteen thirty-two, of that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. So this judgment, okay, is going to come upon all people. But we are free from the judgment that will be against us. That's the key. Why? Because Paul said, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's the judgment that's against people. Condemnation. Katakrima. It speaks of an adverse sentence. Okay? So... Once you're in Christ, you're going to stand at another judgment. This judgment is for rewards. But those without Christ will stand at a judgment to be sentenced. And the sentence will endure for all of eternity. You know, lately I've been consumed with that thought. And I've been kind of broken by it. That when people enter into eternity, that's it. There's no change. Whatever eternity we enter into, there's no getting out. It's forever. Every moment of every hour, of every day, of every eon. It just goes on forever and ever and ever. And every moment somebody slips into eternity. And some with Christ and some without. It's such a heavy thing to think about. And yet it's the reality of this life. So when Paul said, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, the word condemnation, it's a compound word. Kata, which means down, and krima, which means to judge. So it's, it's a negative, it's a judgment down on somebody. Okay? So, but if you're in Christ, You're not going to stand at that judgment. So the question is, how do I get in Christ? Okay, well, Paul answers that too in Romans 3.28. He said, we maintain that a man is justified, oh, by faith, apart from the works of the law. That's how you get in Christ, 
Faith. Faith in what? Well, not faith in yourself, not faith in a movement, but faith in a person. And that person has to be Christ. When we put faith in Christ, God puts us in Christ. And then the result, John 3.18, he who believes in him, here it is, is not judged. See, if you believe in him, you're not judged. But he who does not believe has been judged already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So you stand judged by not believing. I would say that when we come out of the womb and we're born, we're born judged. We're born condemned. We're not born innocent. I know people say, oh, look at that innocent baby. Not in God's eyes. That baby has a sin nature. That baby is alienated from the life of God. And that baby stands condemned. And that's why Jesus said, you must be born again. You must have a spiritual birth. And that takes place through the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit. When you're born anew, you're now born into the graces of God. And the judgment has been removed. You see? So, you know, we're not condemned because we're sin. We're condemned because we're born. And because we're born, we sin. So we're born condemned. That's why we need to be born again to remove that condemnation. And there's no condemnation to those who are what? In Christ Jesus. The second thing that we are free from, we're free from the power of sin. Now, I don't know if all of you realize this, but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty six, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. That's the power of sin. See, what does the law of God do? It forbids all transgressions, and it sentences those who commit it to temporal and even eternal death. Temporal means physical death. Eternal death means forever. Sin gets its controlling and binding power from the law. When the law says, don't do this, it seems like we have a nature that seeks to violate the law. That's what the sin nature does. It violates the law of God. Paul said in Romans 7, 9, I was once alive, (laughs) apart from the law. But when the law came, when the commandment came, sin became alive in me, and I died. You know, it's like there are these signs that are popping up all over town now. And maybe you've seen them in your town. And it's got a, it's got a, in a, um, an illuminated speed limit, usually in the neighborhoods. And the sign says speed limit 25. And as you're driving, it lights up. And if it says 25, it lights up at the bottom. Thank you. But if you go 26 or to 29, it lights up a different color and it says slow down. And then if you hit 30, it blinks. So these signs are controlling you. I'm going to be honest with you. In my sin nature, because I don't like that sign, (laughs) 
I go 26 to make it light up. That's wrong. I'm not saying it's right. That's bad. I'm a bad person sometimes. Thankfully, thank God for his grace. But I get so aggravated at signs that want to control us like that. So it's like the sin nature in me that says, you know what? Go 26. I go 26. And then it lights up. Slow down. <laughs> That's as far as I'm going to go with that. <laughs> I got my issues. I, I'm a work in progress, let me tell you. Okay? That's kind of like what Paul is saying. I was doing okay till they put the sign up, till the law came. And then when the law came, I died. When the law came, sin became alive inside of me. Because the sin nature is it, it, it like it, it goes toward the prohibition. It wants what it cannot have. It does what it should not do. It's powerful. But when we're in Christ, we have broken that power. But again, we have to make a choice. We have to choose. Will I give in to this in nature? Or will I resist it? It's the choice that we all have to make. Now, when I see that sign, I know I give in to it. But one day I'll resist it. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'll keep you updated <laughs> on my spiritual growth. But Paul is saying, listen, everybody has been shut up in sin. Everybody. In Romans eleven thirty two, God has shut up all in disobedience. Why? So that he may show mercy to all. See, the good side of this is God reveals that he's merciful. God has not left us in a place of condemnation. But on his part, he's done what it takes to deliver us from the con condemnation and put us into his good graces. That's the goodness of God. God did not leave us there. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17, Do not think I came to abolish the law or the prophets. That means the things that the prophets wrote. He said, I didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill. What does that mean? It means that we could not fulfill the law, but Jesus did it for us. And when we put our faith in him, it's like we did it. He's our substitute. He was not only our substitute in dying on the cross and atoning for the sins, but he's also our substitute in fulfilling the law because we could not do it. And when we're in Christ, remember that phrase? We're in Christ. Now it's like we fulfilled the law too. So he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Okay? And if more people only understood that, oh, what a wonderful world it would be. If more people could only just stop in their atheistic tracks and see the grace of God. How God knows, yes, we are here. We're stuck on this earth. We have a sin nature. We're lost in sin. We're far from God. But God did not leave us here. He moved on our behalf. And he did it at the cost of his own son. And he allowed his son to be tortured and judged for the sins of the world. So we could be restored back to God. The lost species we could be restored back to God. So you see, being in 
Christ delivers us not only from the judgment of sin, but it delivers us from the power of sin. You've got the Holy Spirit inside of you now. You can say no. And this is how people get the victory over their past life. They make choices. They make good choices because now you have divine power operating inside of you. And you can say no to the evil thing. That doesn't mean we always do because we're all a work in progress. We don't get it right all the time. So do not condemn yourself because God does not condemn you. So don't condemn yourself. But Paul said, hey, you know what? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is thankful. He's not perfect, but he's thankful. He still has a sin nature, but he's thankful. He he lost his cool a few times, but he's thankful. So what do we have so far? We are free from the judgment of God. Thankfully, oh yes, I'm thankful for that. Number two, we are free from the power of sin. See, freedom in the flesh in our country, it's only good while we're alive. But the freedoms that we have in Christ, oh, they're eternal. Forever. The freedom you have in Christ is forever. It's for all of eternity. That's why this is so important. And then the third freedom I have for you today, that we are free to serve him. See, some people think we're free from God. We're actually free to God. Okay? It's not freedom from serving, but freedom to serve. Before salvation, you couldn't serve God. God didn't know you. But after salvation, now you're one of his. And now you can... Remember Jesus addressed this problem? And... um. Matthew 7, he said, some of you will stand before me and you say, Lord, Lord, we did many wonderful works in your name. And Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Why? Because God didn't know them because they weren't in Christ. They weren't in Christ. So the things they did mattered not. You've got to be in Christ for what? You do to matter. Okay? Very important. So Paul said in Romans 7, Now we have been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound, so that we serve now in newness of the Spirit and not in oldness of the letter. Paul says, listen, we're in Christ, but we're servants. We're not free from God. We're free to God. And the word serve Dulas, it means to be in bondage, to be a slave. Think about it. In your freedom, you become a slave to God. Hey, I'd rather be a slave to God than a slave to the devil. I'd rather be a slave to God than a slave to myself that has a sin nature that wants to ruin me. So you see, slavery to God is really freeing. It really is. The guy that says, oh, I ain't a slave to nobody. Yes, you are. You're a slave to yourself. You're you're on a wide road that leads to destruction. Better to be a servant of the Most High God. 
And by the way, that word doulos, it's where we get the word deacon. Deacons are servants of the church, and every church needs good deacons. Help that church go forward. So I want you to think it's like, you can, here is somebody, and maybe, you know, we have people that are um, in jail that listen to us, so maybe this will help. It's like, you can get out of jail, and you get a job, and you make your life count. Or you can get out of jail, and you never find a job, and you could end up back in jail. So, in Christ, we're free. I'm out of jail. But now I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve God so I can stay out of trouble. Serving God keeps me on the road that leads to life. So that's why with my freedom, I will not serve the flesh, but I will serve the spirit. See, what we do with our freedom is very vital. And by the way, in his grace, oh, you're not going to believe this. In his grace, there is a payback in serving God. And Paul said this in Colossians 3.24, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. He's saying, listen, in your freedom, when you serve God, there's a reward for you. You know, God doesn't have to reward us. He gave us freedom. That could be enough. But he says, you know what? I'm still going to reward you for serving me. That's pretty incredible. That's the superabounding grace of God. So we not only serve God, but in Galatians 5.13, Paul said, you were called to freedom, brethren. Brethren are what? Followers of Christ. Only, do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. And that's very noble too. If you use your freedom to go back to your old life, you're going to end up in deep trouble. So use your freedom not only to serve God, but to serve others. You know why? It's the noble way of life. Jesus Christ added nobility to servanthood. He was the servant of servants. He said, I came to give my life a ransom for many. You can't, you, you can't go any deeper in servanthood than giving your life to, for someone. And Jesus said, he said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and give my life. So, Jesus added nobility to servanthood. You want to be like Christ? Be a servant. Have a servant's heart. Through love, serve one another. So, freedom, that's what the Christian way of life is all about. Didn't Jesus say, I've come to set the captives free? Man, we're all captives. So, what are we free from? We're free from, number one, the judgment of God. We will not be judged because Christ took our judgment. If you don't let Christ take your judgment and you remain an atheist, then you will take your own judgment. And you don't have to. Receive Christ if you never did before. Number two, we are free from the power of sin. Because the sin nature, 
It wants to dominate. It wants to control. Before, before salvation, we have no choice. But after salvation, now we have a divine nature also. We can choose. Which one will be stronger? The one you feed. You feed this in nature with the junk of the world, it's going to get strong. You feed the divine nature with the things of God, it's going to get strong. The stronger one will control you. Which one do you want? Do you want to control you? That's the one that you feed. Thirdly, we are free to serve him. Before salvation, we weren't free to serve him. Now we are. Now we can make our lives into something. So we're thankful as Americans that we can enjoy the freedoms that we have living here in America. But how much more joy do we have when we understand and live in the freedoms that come from walking with Christ in faith every day? You know, one person said, freedom is not the right to do as you please, but the liberty to do as you ought. That's real freedom. If we use our freedom the wrong way, your freedom will put you in bondage. It'll put you in bondage to something. And there are people in bondages today, all kinds of bondages. Pornography, substance abuse, being people pleasers, because they've used their freedom the wrong way. But if you use your freedom the right way, then you will really experience and maintain true freedom. And listen, that's why Jesus came. He came to make you free. Feed that divine nature like you're doing now. And do it regularly. And make better choices. And you'll keep your freedom. Help us get other people free. Say, how do I do that? Join the Hope Club. Go to newhoperadio.live. Click the menu bar. It's all there. Everything you need to know about joining the Hope Club. What you do for us and what we do for you. It's all there. And we get these messages out where people can be unbound. They're bound. Let's unbind them through the the good news of Christ, the Word of God. And there are so many that will find God's freedom by hearing His Word. So do that for me. Do that for them. This is loving others the way you love yourself. Giving them what they need to find freedom in Christ. Christ.